if you are just out there giving emotional energy to every single thing, to the work, to the article that you read that's sad, to the the story, I mean, like, you're just leaking energy all over the place. You're not going to be able to show up in the moments and for the people that truly matter. This is the Reading Aloud podcast. I'm Marisol Collette. And I'm Adam Collette. And you love us because we love you. We sure do. And let's get to today's conversation. (laughs) All right. So I have a big question for you and it's about heartbreak, but not in the traditional sense. Saddest podcast ever. No. My God. Stop. No, y'all. It's not going to be sad. It's actually a really cool topic. Great. My question to you is, how do you avoid heartbreak? Like, how do you keep your heart from breaking when you have such an open heart? Because when I met you, you have this incredible capacity for love. And we talk about this often. I think it was in our first podcast on love, but that, you know, both you and I believe that love is the answer. Um, I also believe acceptance is the answer to all our problems today, but love is also the answer. And somebody said to me the other day, you know, she said, I saw your post about losing the baby. And she said a bunch of things that she was, you know, she just gave a lot of love. And I said, thank you so much. I appreciate you. It's really hard. Uh, And she says, I know I can only imagine the aching hearts you must be holding, but I know that you have each other and that's the best gift of support to not have to endure it alone and the unshakable bond you both have in each other. It reminds me of your vows, which was really sweet to hear and how hard life is, but so much better together and capable of the hard because of each other. When life doesn't make sense, at least love does. And it was interesting because it was a little bit like, at least you have each other. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't help. But it's occurred to me because tragedy feels near to me right now. I don't want to speak for you. I would say us, but it, I don't want to speak for you. But tragedy feels near. And so, you know, I was just sometimes as a parent, you just worry about tragedy. And even as a partner to someone you love so deeply, you worry about tragedy and And I just thought, what if it was just the two of us? You know, this isn't something I want to really put out there. But I was like, you know, could we lean into each other? And I, I, you know, letting love be the answer. And this is a little off topic, but like I, I kind of bucked against it. Like, no, that's not enough. Tragedy is tragedy and it's not enough. And it has really pushed us apart in some ways. Like we've really had struggled with how to connect during this time in some ways, as opposed to a full leaning in. Um, And we talked about that a couple weeks ago on the podcast, coping mechanisms. But my question is really, well, if you have anything to say about that, I'd, I'd be open to hearing it. And my question is, how do you keep such an open heart and still not have heartbreak? Because I think you have man heart in addition to open heart. <laughs> like more open than anybody I know, but then also man heart where you can just not say things to people. You can answer with a thumbs up. You can not indulge (laughs) your feelings. You can cut off your feelings. Man heart. (laughs) Man heart. Sounds like a really bad, like (laughs) B-rated fantasy movie. Yeah. Man heart. Also, I think that should be in your stand-up comedy. So my wife says I have man heart. Man heart. Okay. Let's see. Well, there's a lot you shared there. I think 
the things that were coming up for me, and this is in no particular order of, of kind of how you were sharing them, was number one, love doesn't always have to equal joy, and love isn't always happy. Love is something much more complex that can be defined as like a singular emotion. You can love through tragedy, and tragedy can create love, and love is a part of tragedy, and love is a part of pain. I think one of the ways in which you can open your heart up and still experience tragedy or experience pain, it's not narrowing the definition of love to something that is just good. Hmm. That's not the answer to my question, but certainly hadn't thought of that. Here's what comes up for me when you talk about my man heart, like my ability to feel and to emotionally connect and also my ability to give the thumbs up on a text. And and who knows, maybe this is like an egotistical statement, but it's like it, it can be a matter of perspective and recognizing like either the bigger picture or what is able to be accomplished in that moment, holding on to both the present moment, but then holding on to like the bigger picture of like what something's working towards. And, you know, you're not going to be able to encapsulate all of everything in a response or in a reaction or in a share. There's a practicality to it. Being able to hold on to that practical nature of interactions and relationships is really, you know, is just really important in being able to move forward with the situation. The, the problem is when you take that too far and then you void of all emotion and you're just constantly looking at things from a practical standpoint, that's also unhealthy. There's a balance that you want to create in being able to apply the pr- practical perspective and an emotional response to something that may come up in your life side note do you feel like you like when you talk about that like if you avoid the emotion and don't give space for the blah blah blah, is that who I met when I met you or is this an evolving because that just sounded like a more oh yeah it's definitely more current I mean I think I've always been in touch with an emotional side but like I have learned so much from you about how to create healthy safe brave space for emotions to be processed and to be expressed uh, within a relationship and not just mine others and then also mine and the courage to do so it's actually much more courageous to be emotional than it is to hold back your emotion and so learning from you I have developed the courage and the bravery to be vulnerable in those situations and by doing that on my my personal self I can now better understand how to cultivate safe spaces for you to feel your emotions for others to feel their emotions and that has paid off in spades in my life do you think you used to be thought you were courageous in the other way I think I was calculatedly courageous Mm -hmm. and I say that in the sense of not in a manipulative way but in a way of I knew what I could be vulnerable about and there were times You know, I would push some edges sometimes, but like there was some practice to it. Right. And I think a lot of men can be like that. There are certain things that they have decided this is a topic that I can be emotional about. And so they'll do that and they'll get a lot of credit for it. Oh, 
you really opened up there, and I really appreciate that because the bar is so low for us. The man heart thing is that practical side, like somebody dies in the family, and you're like, man heart is like, they are dead, they are not coming back, I must now move on. Okay, that is the like facts of the matter, right? And so that's like the man heart side. Men figure out, okay, these are the two areas. An example, I'm going to share about how my childhood was really hard because of we grew up with no money. And that's a very real and very difficult and very probably emotional and vulnerable situation. I'm not taking anything away from that situation. But maybe that's the one thing that a man has decided that he's going to share about. And then he'll do that over and over and over again and get get praise for it. Illuminating, but also just validating and also... Yeah, mostly illuminating to the the inner workings of that experience. Having moved from um, my whole world, my whole career being social work and being a therapist, where everything is an indulgence of emotion and everything is about healing, right? And sharing and vulnerability into this space where I do fashion consulting. So I do, I am the fashion therapist. So I have that side of it. The leading force is beauty and creativity. What follows and what cre- what makes my business so incredible and different than other stylists is the skill of being a therapist. I have learned a lot from you about how to not take it into the therapist space so that it doesn't get, we don't get lost in the emotional digging because that's not where I want to be in my career anymore. I want to be the I, I'm I am their stylist first and foremost. I'm just really, really skilled at working with the underlying things that keep us from expressing our personal style and how to uncover the parts of ourselves that really want to be expressed through what we wear. And I feel like I've learned from you how to keep that, not surface level, but like keep it on track, keep it moving and not dig in too deep and not let things kind of go. It's hard to know. I've learned the thumbs up method and how that is so liberating to somebody says something, then they say something that has some emotion to it. And instead of indulging that to just give a thumbs up and it is in a a lot (laughs) of ways protective. I mean, I would never give a thumbs up. We've had that podcast. Yeah fucking worst response yeah, it's any- basically a middle finger exactly it's like a, <laughs> exactly but not going into the indulgence because not everybody does that and the world is fine without it i just have that skill and it's very compulsive of, for me to respond that way and i think that it builds it's always built such deep connection but i like being able to shut that off because i like to conserve energy in certain spaces and that's where my career is is in a middle space of open closed on the indulgence of emotion i think that's super wise to think about it in terms of like how do you integrate it into different spaces in your life how is the emotional and the practical integrated in your professional space how is it integrated into your personal space and I want to say one more thing is mm-hmm. there it gives it a bottom and that's so valuable the agency that that gives me in my own body but also in my work like this is where we stop and people like that right the imagery that came up for me is confluence of rivers or streams where things come together when a river begins at its what what are called the headwaters the river is pretty small and you constantly have these other side creeks and sometimes they're very small and sometimes they're bigger that converge into the river and as more of those come they come bigger 
And if a river is kind of like the motion, the time passing of your life, there are different inputs in that. And if we think about like the motion, the like forward progress, quote unquote, of your life, it's like moving downstream. But then like these emotional veins and waters come and feed into it and there are confluence there. They're not quite as big as the river. But then you know what happens? When it rains, that's how the river grows. Like I was just thinking about, I don't know if this makes any sense, but like when it rains, the river doesn't get bigger from the water falling into the river. It gets bigger because the streams from the land and everything, the drainage drains into the river. That's what really makes a river rise, not the direct water hitting it. It's the drainage from everything goes up. If it's raining hard at the headwaters, that's what makes a river rise the fastest. Not if it's raining where it's big. Do you know where the start of the French Broad River is? Yes, of course. But but I mean, like, have you been there? Uh-huh. To the rock that has the spring? It is started by two smaller things coming together, what they call, like, the, the North Fork and the West Fork. And How those... far away from our house is it? Just like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. You looked at the start of the French have, Broad River. I have paddled them. Well, I have so been, then it's uh, bigger. So where's the start of that? Doesn't it come from like one single comes spring? Comes from up in the mountains, yeah. A spring. Well, a, a collection of springs in the mountains that then trickle down. And is then, it yes. come from inside the earth or does it come from like out of a rock or is it rain that hits the land that hits it enough to create a bowl that then becomes a... probably a little bit of both, you know, and well, there is either a rain or a, or a rock. Well, but spring. see, there isn't a single starting place. That's the beauty of it. It starts. It, think about it like a family tree, like your life doesn't have a single person. Does it start it has... in the ocean? No. So it starts at the top of a mountain. Multiple mountains that all feed in to make it. But is it the chicken or the egg? Mm. Definitely (laughs) the egg. Big Bang Theory or Adam and Eve? (laughs) Give me the facts. Give me the the definitive answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think Neo is older than my youngest part. I think it's one of the most important things never to fully grow up. Don't ever fully grow up. Yeah, because I mean, you like, lose your your oh, you lose wonderment. Yeah, wonderment and Curiosity. ability to be goofy and mm. like it's taking shit so serious all the time. And not I be mean, self conscious. And that doesn't mean that you can't be a serious person. You can't be a successful professional person. But like, you gotta be a little goofy, you know. And we have we have people like that in our lives. Have that kind of like you know that big kid energy. Who's your favorite big kid energy? Roger Knapp. Oh, that's awesome. I was thinking Asher. He's uh, got big kid he's energy. He's got big kid energy for sure. I saw this uh, quote by Elaine de, de Botton. Elaine de Botton. I, I don't know that I said that right. Intimacy is the capacity to be rather weird with someone and finding that that's okay with them. Yeah. Not that that's exactly what you said, but I thought of it. Yeah, I saw that today. For sure. That's beautiful. Okay. So you still didn't answer my question. Okay, what's I mean, your question? I think that you got close, which is maybe I'm curious about this river metaphor because it was very beautiful to listen to, but I don't know exactly what the what the connection was. So I want to hear more about that. But no, like how Adam Collette has the most wide open heart and yet you don't I, I, it happened recently that too many things were breaking your heart at one time, but they were big things. It was like relationships, work, volunteer work, and our personal life with our baby. It was every department 
other all, than all the major things in my life. Yeah, right now. other yeah. than Neo, and you had just taken a trip with your dad and your sister, so you had like like intimate family time. Yeah. There was too many things at once, and you lost it really 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 devastated by you were like why are people so mean and hateful and why do they do that and how could they not care about people and that was like the most brokenhearted I feel like I've seen you maybe that's happened to one or two three times like that over state you know like big meta stuff Uh uh-huh but that doesn't happen to you all the time Things happen all the time on this planet and your heart is so open and yet you don't. And I know you said the practical thing, but you know, do you know what I'm asking? Like, how does your heart, how is it not tender? Because my empathy makes me so, so tender and sensitive. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to answer that exactly other than I have done work in the world for so long, as have you that when you talk about it, it's very intense. People being hurt, things being destroyed for a lot of environmental, social justice kind of work. And it's very intense, you know. And so I think that that's where some of the that's where I got on the thing of perspective and how we create change. Another big part of that is just choosing joy. I have to be in joy. I have to be able to feel happiness if I don't do that, then I know that I'm not going to have the impact on the world that do I you desire. Think, do you think that I am not as good at that? I'm wondering what the difference is because, you know, of course I do that stuff too. But am I holding it too close to my heart? You know, it's hard to say. I, I think we can all have... Do you think I live in that brokenhearted place when my heart gets broken over something? Like I'm holding on to it for too long? I mean, I'm... I think so, yes. Uh, oh, for too long. I think you have a tendency to hold on to things a little too long. Give me an example of something that is not this baby because I'll kill you if you say this baby because that's not remotely fair. So... There are kind of two things that kind of came up for me. One being, it's not holding on too long in the sense. It's like not being able to let things kind of like settle with your work. So for example, like even if something could wait until kind of the next day, you will not be able to settle until it's done. Mm -hmm. And there's of course a lot of like productivity and efficiency, business sense like benefits to that. I, I get that. And at the same time, like, as we know, in work and people that are doing impact-related work, there's always more to do. And I think you're doing Mm -hmm. impact-related work. I'm doing Mm impact-related work. There's an ability there to just let things relax and to kind of, like, compartmentalize it at appropriate times. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, anything you can take too far in one direction. Mm -hmm. Do you think you take it? too far not with I think I occasionally to take it too far not with procrastination but with the compartmentalizing I think I occasionally take it too far but I'd rather be on for me personally I'd rather be on that side of it than on the other side of it oh interesting and I worked at this I consciously worked at this I remember when I was first starting out change making field and environmental social change like field, I got a lot of wisdom from people that were like, when you're done, you're done. Like, don't take it home because that's a bad habit and a hard habit to break. Can I ask you a question? Because I did that really well at the VA, but I knew that my clients could access any one of the other services in an emergency. But I it, is, it has been harder with my 
with running my own business. I feel like, you know, if you were running your own business, you would still compartmentalize really well. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a skill that I have actively worked on. I think there is a little bit of a difference when you work for someone or no. Sure. Potentially. You know, also in my job, if I don't do it, a lot of things won't get done. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's so nobody else. That can there's do nobody it, yeah. else. But I think there's a there's a boundary that I set with that. So you asked, do you hold on to things? I, again, that's not a specific holding on, but there is a holding on to a needing for completeness in things mm-hmm. that I think sometimes mm-hmm. causes you unnecessary anxiety or doesn't allow you to settle in other areas of your life mm-hmm. and you kind of hold that. Okay. I 100% agree with that. I, I thought of another thing that you hold on to, but I... <laughs> you I, said you had two, so what is it? Well, that I'll skip on my other one, but you... Poop? I sure don't. No, you sure don't. I don't know why you would say that. Because it's funny. Oh. <laughs> God, I'm the funniest person I know. Yeah. Go ahead. I Yeah, go ahead. What? You hold on to first impressions of businesses and restaurants. Listen, I went, back, fast food I went back to Jargon. I went back a second time. Still didn't like it. Everybody's favorite. Still didn't like it. Uh-huh. I think this is really helpful. I've already gleaned a lot of wisdom. I wanted to say <laughs> one thing about the man heart because you were talking about it from the perspective of like, the man heart being quote unquote safe vulnerability or a illusion of vulnerability or a, a specific construct or strategy. Calcula- calculated, calculated courage. Okay. Yeah. Calculated emotional shares. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Did you just make up calculated courage? Yes. <laughs> Write that shit down. Okay. I was curious, like, do you think the thumbs up is a calculated courage? Because I see that as something else. I see that as like you really saying just because this other person went there. Like I saw a reply to a group text today with your with your old roommate in California. And it was not what I would have said. I would have opened up and been like, thank you so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast and sharing that. And just like how meaningful it is that you reached out to us because we haven't talked to you in a long time. And you were like, thanks. I appreciate that. It's been way too long since we've talked. And I haven't even looked at the whole text, but I'm like, you're like, let's get together. I I don't know. Like, I don't know what you say, but it's like not what I would say. And I feel like it's totally socially acceptable in some other world that I don't live in. Yeah. I mean, I know exactly what what you're talking about. I mean, I. But it's good, too. Yeah. It's not a man box thing or a man heart thing. It's also just. And I think that this limits me in a lot of ways. It's the classic thing around like when you haven't talked to a friend in a while, you feel like you need to find a two hour block to talk to them. And that limits you from ever calling them because you have 15 to 30 minutes all the time while you're driving or this. You could you could just ring them and say, hey, what's up? But you have to feel like there's like a two hour thing. So it's limiting in some ways. In another way, like I don't want it to limit me from just responding. I wanted to, you know, that friend sent us a text previous day. It was the morning. I was like, I need to respond to that. So I did if I thought about it too much. Or like tried to encapsulate all of my emotions about this. But like really what I want that text to accomplish is to say thank you and to lead that to, you know, us to get on the phone together. That's more important to me than writing out a really tuned in heartfelt message. Now, maybe I'm overthinking that. Maybe I could do that. But I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Like, why wouldn't I? It's just a that's how I would respond on a text. Mm -hmm. A text is not a place where I'm giving like a ton of emotional appeal. Mm -hmm. I've written like one emotional appeal text in the past probably six months 
and took me 20 minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do that. Mm -hmm. So there's like a level of perfectionism and also a thing that's just like, I want to connect because I want to get this out the door. Like, what's the purpose of the text? The purpose of the text is... Well, that you're not going to get on... Yeah, but that you're not going to get on the call with him, probably. So it's really... It's really more about, you know, we had another friend who were, who did the same thing for us both. And I, it took me a minute and I, I she's been through similar experiences. So I wanted to reply in a way and I realized that I was putting that off. And so I just, I did it, but I, I, I added the emotion in, but like, I'm not going to talk to her more yeah. than that. I think it depends on the person too. Had it maybe been somebody else, I might've been a little bit more heartfelt. I also know this person well and they're, you know. Yeah, you know how to, you know how that. Yeah, that's your friendship dynamic. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think what you did was wrong. I don't think you should have done anything else. I, I I'm just really curious about it, and I yeah, I'm just curious about it. I think what we're hitting around and talking about is what is your capacity and what are your what boundaries do you need to set to conserve your emotional energy in order to be present and attuned and accountable for the most important people and moments in your life and if you are just out there giving emotional energy to every single thing to the work to the to the you know the article that you read that's sad to the the story i mean like you're just leaking energy all over the place you're not going to be able to show up in the moments and for the people that truly matter I just think that that's so brilliant and I have learned that much because I've asked you as we become more aware of the multitude of social injustices and environmental injustices how do we take a stance on all things because we care for all things and all beings and the world as a whole and we believe that the world as a whole has you know we can't separate that out into blocks of things that we care about and you were like if we tried to care about everything we'd be caring about each one very thinly and nothing very deeply and so we have to pick and choose what we're going to put our energy towards and of course we see people who are completely depleted and are like in a place of collapse and so I have learned so much about that and I think that that's so valuable and I also know that your world is smaller than mine and I like mine bigger but I think it's too big and I think sometimes you've said you think your world is too small you know not enough connection with enough friends so you sent me a meme the other day Uh (laughs) that has been on my mind and has brought up a lot of feelings for me Mm -hmm. do you know what meme you're talking about I think so Uh uh-huh Scorpio one uh Huh. That wasn't the one I was thinking because I basically have sent you a lot of really. You've hard sent me ones. a lot. It's hard for me to keep up, but you've sent you've sent a lot. So you sent me one that was like I, I don't honestly remember what I said, what it what it said, but it was basically self sabotaging every relationship you have. There you go, self sabotaging. Margot Robbie, Scorpio, and she's holding her purse and like kind of Vanna whiting it and they put self-sabotaging every relationship right. you have. So it was like one of those sun sign <laughs> astrology things where it goes through every sign and it gives you a character, a description of something. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, Scorpio self-sabotaging every relationship that you had. I do that. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense of that, like I blow up a relationship. It's not like that. I am still friends with a lot of people. I totally self-sabotage relationships through that avoidance piece Mm. through that disconnection piece i get to a point where it feels like it's taking up too much and i that's when i feel like it it's getting too big and like i i have a hard time like 
holding it all and feeling like I can hold everything else but that, that sounds... I need to show up for in my life. Like it would it would just I value quiet alone time. Mm-hmm. And that comes in many forms that comes in exercise. It comes in cooking. It comes in a lot of things it comes in just being home. But because of that, I think I place too much value on that sometimes. And therefore, I self-sabotage relationships where I won't respond or I won't follow up or I won't take the initiative to reach out. And I've had a lot of relationships weakened because I'm not putting the effort into them. And that conscious decision to not place effort into them, not because I don't like the person, not because we don't have good connection or good conversation, that is my form of self-sabotage. It's interesting. I'm curious if it feels bad to you. And also if that's a Scorpio thing or if that's man heart thing or, you know, I don't, I mean, because I don't know friends, if it's a Scorpio thing. Are your friends doing it too? Maybe. I just never like until you literally sent me that meme. I never thought mm-hmm. about it like that. Mm-hmm. I never, ever thought about it like that. It wasn't hard to hear, but like as soon as I read it, I was like, oh shit, that feels so real. I always probably talked about it in the sense of, yeah, I'm just, I'm not a, you know, great communicator is probably a line I've learned. Or like, yeah, I give, I give, you know, space to things like whatever. I'm not as quick to respond or, you know, I'm, I avoid urgency around things. But I never thought about it as self-sabotaging relationships. Hmm. I totally do that. Hmm. In my own way. And so I don't know about whether it's a man thing, a Scorpio thing, a XYZ felt true that it is an Adam thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've watched you become less social, less all over the place social, but I've also watched you deepen into your relationship to us as a family and yourself a lot of time and attention to your kid. I mean, your your life is full. It was, what was it when we had family in town? You had mowed the grass and dug a hole for a tree and into the night. And he goes, that's too much. It's too much. Well, he did, but he also said, Adam is such a, and it was kind of a, a synonym for doer. Like you're such a get it doneer. But the tree is a beautiful part of our property now. Like it's valuable and the grass had to be cut. So it's like, yes, you are, but I wasn't going to dig the hole or mow the lawn. Oh, you were power washing the deck. We've said we were going to power wash and stain the deck for three years. These are things that we have to do. You know, it's like it was time to do it. So that's where your time and energy has gone. I mean, we're maintaining a home and you're doing a lot in that space. But it's interesting. I mean, it is interesting. I'm curious how that will change or evolve or just keep. I mean, the fact that it stayed on your mind means something. So it's interesting. It definitely means something. I hear you and, and I often feel that there is so much to do. Part of it is Neo is just this is just Neo is at an age where the days are short because when he gets home, he requires attention right away. And so it's just a lot. Yeah, I was uh, talking with a friend because I was like, what do you do about that? And she was saying it's just a really, really difficult age. Everything is wrong. They want to be inside. They want to be outside. They want to be inside. They want to be outside. But you can't let them go outside for too long by themselves because they'll hurt themselves because they're two, you know, and it's like, but it is a very demanding time. I think that that my understanding is that that passes in not that long. I can find myself rebelling against the like constant state of being on top of everything. Oh, I'm driving and I drove driving put 
pick him up and I'm listening to an audiobook or I'm like, that's the time in which I call my friends and then drive home and I spend quality time with the kid and yet I'm still getting stuff done. It's just like you can always be doing stuff better. But like I find myself pushing back on that. Like, can I just can I just be lazy? Can I just be with my kid? Can I just like not have something to do that is the most productive thing, the better thing to do? And yet in doing that within literally the blink of an eye you're way behind and then you're anxious because nothing is getting done and so i take the- offense to all of this <laughs> you what i said i take offense to all of this <laughs> no i mean no i'm yeah. it's a joke i'm the funniest person i know i'm kidding i'm just saying like you know i feel the reflect i'm sensing that in myself and i do get a lot out of being social and every once in a while i'll hit an, a wall you know, especially around this grief of the loss of the baby, I'm like hitting that wall sooner. So I'd have that experience. But typically, I get energy out of all of that. Whereas you're getting energy in being present and watching Neo or being around him as he just digs in the dirt and like, just zoning out and looking at the trees. Like, of course, that gives me energy at times, too. But boy, I get a lot of energy from being social. Yeah. And you've said, you know, you're like, wow, you're so lucky to have so many people love you. Because I remember one time being like, I can't split up my time and attention to all the people that want to see me or that I want to see. And you were like, wow, you're lucky. At the end of the day, I think that having a big, open, loving heart is okay. It's okay. It's good. It's okay. You can still have that. And that can still be present during heartbreak. At the end of the day, that's it's okay for things to be complex and not make sense. And have it and and not have to feel like you have to keep being in it in order to get through it. But like having places where you just say, I'm going to stop right now. I will say one thing on that is that when you were in Germany, I had to push stop every day because I had to be there for Neo and I couldn't indulge my grief or fall into it or be lost in it. And it was so amazing. I felt serenity in the midst of week one of finding out that our baby didn't survive. It was unbelievable. It was so valuable. And then you came home and you took on the half the responsibility or more that I was taking on. And I got lost and foggy and wishy-washy and, you know, found myself in spaces for longer than I wanted to be there, like journaling in the morning for an hour. You know, it's yeah. like it, it makes me just think about, you know, this thing of, you know, the just start mentality. Yeah, I don't like I know for myself if I don't want to get out of bed at 6am like that's hard when I go swimming I don't want to jump in that cold water but as soon as I start I've started and I I feel better it's like just that initial push of like going through it gets me through or that like end. apprehension or just yeah. end like I'm like oh there's not completion or or, or yeah. closure like you said like I haven't finished this so but just end I mean I'm really you have the, it's like this autonomy that you have as a person yeah. this power that you have you're not to create your own boundary to, to create your container. own reality you know create the schedule you want to have in your day I I like this I'm learning I learned a lot I'm glad I love you so much love you Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.